The financial services sector is increasingly under attack, and the automation of services has opened the door for new vulnerabilities, many of which are linked to the use of algorithms that are compromising the integrity and resilience of critical systems. Steve Durbin, Managing Director of the Information Security Forum and the keynote speaker at Information Security Media Group's Fraud and Breach Prevention Summit in Washington, D.C. on May 18th, says organizations must now prepare for unknown threats to ensure that they are staying ahead of cybersecurity risks. And doing so is requiring a different way of thinking about threat mitigation, system integrity, and banking services. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. So, Steve, as I mentioned, you will be the keynote presenter at ISMG's upcoming Fraud and Breach Prevention Summit in D.C. next week. What are some of the key points you plan to touch on during your address? Yes, and I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that, Tracy. Some of the things I'm going to be talking about, I'm going to look at the emerging threat landscape. So I'm going specifically to look at some of the key challenges over the next 12 to 18 months. So I'm going to be touching on things, as you already mentioned, you know, around algorithms. I'm going to be touching on things like uh, mobility, on cybercrime. Um, and I'm also going to spend a little bit of time talking about legislation. There have been some very interesting changes to legislation just in the last few weeks, and I wanted to go into that in a bit more detail as well. So that's really the essence of the sort of the threat piece. And then I'm going to spend some time as well talking about what organizations can do to uh, really prepare for some of the incidents that are inevitably going to be coming about from, from some of these threats. So as I say, very much looking forward to it, and um, uh, hopefully there'll be enough material in there for everybody to get something from it. So, Steve, you mentioned um, new legislation, and of course, you're based in London. Is some of the legislation that you're looking at international, or is it more domestic? No, it, I'm thinking in particular, Tracy, about the new EU General Data Protection Regulation, which uh, is, has eventually come out now. And that's going to have far-reaching international implications, because if any organization is working with information that relates to an EU citizen in any way, shape, or form, then this regulation covers them. Uh, and I think that there's been perhaps a little bit of misunderstanding along the way in, uh, in some sectors, in some parts of the world, around whether or not that is going to be the case. But the reality is that if you deal in any way, shape, or form with the EU and EU individuals, then this, this regulation does cover you. And uh, it does mean you're going to have to, I think, get your house in order in terms of understanding what information assets you do hold and how you're protecting them. And you're also going to have to uh, prove that you're doing that. So some, some really interesting stuff in there, I think, which um, um, I'm going to be covering off. Now, Steve, as I also noted in the introduction, the use of algorithms and banking systems has seemed to open the door for new vulnerabilities in financial services. And a lot of this information has come from research, actually, that the Information Security Forum has put together. Could you just tell us a bit more about the research and why the use of algorithms and system automation is being reevaluated by banking institutions? Yeah, of course. The research you're referring to is, is something that we call the threat horizon. We produce this every year. We, we take a two-year forward-looking perspective. And one of the things that, that really hit out at us, I think, this year was this issue around algorithms. Now, for a lot of people, of course, this, this is nothing new. We've known that uh, we're heavily dependent on algorithms. We're heavily dependent on code in our, in our systems. But I think a couple of things uh, really caught our eye that made us dig into it in a bit more detail. I'm thinking in particular of the, uh, the flash crash in Treasury bonds that we saw in, in 2014. You may remember that a blip in the system there in one of the algorithms just caused the Treasury bonds to absolutely crash. Fortunately, it did recover. 
that was unexpected. Not that it recovered, of course, but uh, unexpected that there was uh, such a crash. Another thing that, that I think caused us to, to really look at it was evidence that some organizations had actually had to significantly alter the way in which they were trading as a direct result of algorithms causing them to make the wrong decisions. And so this really you know, got us looking into you know, just how dependent are we from a financial service and, and indeed other sector perspective, but financial services in particular, just how dependent are we on algorithms and systems? And you know, we did come up with some rather concerning perspectives on this because the reality is we really probably don't know just how much integrity exists within the code that's been written for a lot of these systems. And yet at the same time, we are heavily dependent upon them. Furthermore, in particularly in the banking space, of course, we have been developing increasingly more new systems. I'm thinking in particular things like mobile banking and so on that sit on top of these older systems. So we're building a, a structure, if you like, on top of existing software systems. And we don't know really where some of these algorithms that might cause us problems actually sit. So that, that's a pretty horrific perspective if you think about it from a financial management standpoint. You know, you're building on top of something and yet you can't really be assured of the integrity of it. So these were the sorts of things that we started um, pulling out from in this uh, particular piece of uh, research. And I think that uh, you know, testing it back then with organizations in the financial uh, space really did give credence to, to some of the, uh, the, the risks and, and potential threats associated with this sort of algorithm based dependency in financial systems. Steve, something else that I mentioned in the introduction is the need for organizations to prepare for quote-unquote unknown threats. But how can organizations prepare for these threats if they're unknown? How can we prepare for things that could come in the future that we might not anticipate? Yeah, really good question. I mean, you know, I always talk about resilience. This is resilience for me. This is the shift away from a dependence perhaps on a compliance-based approach to a resilience-based approach. And, and I always use the um, analogy of driving a car. For, for me, when you drive a car, you, know, you look through the, the windshield forwards to see where you're going, and you also use the rearview mirror. Compliance is the rearview mirror piece. Looking forward through the windshield is the resilience piece. If you have both of those ongoing at the same time, you're going to be in pretty good shape because you are going to see the red Ferrari coming at you from the left. If you're dependent purely on the rearview mirror, you're going to miss those sorts of things. So how do, you, how do you do that in business? It's about preparing for the inevitable. It's about having in place your rapid response. It's about having worked through the way in which you're going to um, look at things like business continuity in the event of an incident that takes down a significant mission-critical system. It's about planning for these things. And then it's about really trying to stay on top of emerging threats. It's about working collaboratively within your organization, but also across your industry sector so that you have the early warning systems in place so that if one of your fellow banks, for instance, is, is impacted in some way, you have a means of understanding that, of sharing that information so that you can make sure that, some, that it doesn't necessarily impact your systems in, uh, in exactly the same way. So it requires you to do a number of different things, I think. You, you, know, you need to be collaborating. You need to be working effectively across the organization. You need to be anticipating. You need to be planning for the worst and actually hoping for the best. Steve, how are the Information Security Forum's members addressing some of these emerging risks? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And, and you know, as, as you know, Tracy, a, a lot of our members are in the financial services 
space. I think that they're taking a structured approach to some of these things. Certainly they're focused very clearly on trying to get the highest level of integrity that they can in new systems that are being developed. They're also concerned about having in place the right level of governance uh, in terms of the policies, in terms of the processes that they have. They're concerned, of course, on how they can reassure customers. And, and we shouldn't underestimate this. I think increasingly, you know, as, as financial services organizations come under attack, there, there is a general concern in the industry that the brand and reputation are being damaged, not just of the, the organization that's been unfortunate enough to be attacked, but of the whole industry. And so it is trying to, to walk this fine line between making access to financial systems easy, relevant to the individuals, to the customers, whilst also being able to balance the level of security that's required so that you can manage risk effectively. So many of our members are spending a huge amount of effort looking at things like their risk assessment methodologies, looking at how they can really ensure that they have the right risk profile that's in line with the risk appetite within the enterprise so they can get this balance right. But you know, it's, it's not an easy task and uh, it is very, very resource intensive. Steve, what would you say are the most concerning risks the financial services sector will face over the next 12 to 18 months? I think it's going to be a, a real challenge for most sectors. I think financial services are, are always out there in front. You know, they're always um, the ones that are being targeted, aren't they? I think we're going to continue to see denial of service attacks. There's no doubt about that. That's almost uh, occurring on a, on a daily basis in, in financial services anyway, but I don't see that going away. I, I think they're also going to have to be concerned about some of the areas around uh, regulation that I mentioned and the implications of, uh, of customer data as they transfer that around the world. I think that they are increasingly focused on some of the challenge of replacing old systems within the, uh, the banking enterprise. I mentioned the fact that there's this constant build of new systems on top of the old. That doesn't mean to say that they're not also replacing some of the older uh, infrastructure that they have in place. And then there is just the, what I was always called a day job for the financial services sector, which is worrying about things like you know, malicious insiders, hackers, uh, and that kind of thing. So um, as I said, you know, we tend to see some of the, the more interesting security breaches coming about in the financial services space first because, of course, you know, that's, that's where the money is. But I think that certainly over the next 12 to 18 months, the guys are going to have their work cut out, as indeed they have done over the uh, past few months. Well, Steve, I'd like to thank you again for your time today, and I look forward to seeing you next week. No, looking forward to it, Tracy. Thanks very much indeed. Again, we've just heard from Steve Durbin of the Information Security Forum. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.